Hey guys, I'm so excited again to be on here on a Monday morning service. Um, I'm excited I'm getting chosen to be on. Um, and I'm really excited that we have people on our team here that I feel like I'm not preaching just to a camera. But we have um, some people here, if they can, uh, there you go, give some shout outs, there you go. Um, but honestly, I'm just so excited that I, um, we get to invite Holy Spirit and we get to invite Jesus in the room and that he would be the one to speak to us this morning. So when we just close our eyes and pray, Father, we thank you so much for your voice. God, we thank you that we could hear your voice. God, we thank you that as your sheep, God, we hear our shepherd's voice. And so I just pray, Father, that this morning our ears would be open, that we would hear you. God, that our eyes would be open, that we would see you, and that our heart would be tenderized, that your voice would actually bring life right now into our hearts, God, that you would activate us in this hour to be awake and not asleep, God, that you would awaken us to love, that you would awaken us to be in the place of prayer where you are, to be, God, in, in your house, contemplating your beauty. Jesus, would you attract us to you this morning? We thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, I'm really, um, just really meditating on um, just who Jesus is and meditating on the times that we're living. You know, we're here in California right now in uh, Pasadena, California. Give it up for Pasadena. Um, and we're living in Los Angeles in an hour where there's just so much going on. You know, as a couple days ago, we found out that, again, we're uh, under quarantine and there's just constant changes happening, constant uncertainty happening. And we, we may be asking ourselves, what do we do with everything that's happening? Where do we go? How do we find answers to what's ahead? Um, there's just so much that's going on emotionally you know, um, psychologically, there's so much that's happening as we're together with our families. Um, and if we've, you know, been in ministry and we have callings and there's things, there's promises that we have from the Lord and we're just saying, when is this going to happen? How is it going to happen? I don't know. I'm uncertain. And I think that that's a good question to have. Um, how many of you feel in moments that it's like, here's this God who's almighty and he's a God of wonder. And at moments you feel like I have so many questions, but it seems like he doesn't answer them. You know, um, I, I've felt like that. Like I've come to the Lord and I have all these questions or I want to know these things. And he wants to talk about something completely different. And, and um, I think that what I've been encountering in my prayer journey with the Lord is that God really is saying, blessed are you if you're not offended with me. And um, the more that I see this, the more that I see it in my life where I'm looking at mercy and I'm looking at love and I'm looking at these things that have such a high standard and I'm seeing the reality of where my heart is on these things and where my heart really is on love, where my heart really is on, on mercy. And so I just, I just really want to press in this morning on the importance in this hour to be watchful in prayer. Um, you know, I'm going to read here a quote from Mother Teresa who said, 
prayer is in all things and in all gestures. And Luke 22:46 poses a question of Jesus of why are you sleeping? Wake up and pray. And we see that when Jesus is in, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane and he's going through that moment of agony and he's going through that moment of suffering, he's chosen three of his disciples, which is, you know, Peter and John and James. And they're all seated there right in that moment of suffering. And, and I feel like Jesus had inviting them as, as friends, not just as disciples, not just as brothers, but as friends to enter into a moment of suffering with him. And as they're sitting there, you know, he comes to them three times, you know, and, and the first time, you know, it's kind of like pray with me, wake up and pray. And, and then we see like just the urgency that's in Jesus of how much he needs prayer for what's about to happen and what he's about to encounter, which is the cross. And I feel like in this moment, there's just really a transitioning that's happening on the earth. And if we look at Matthew 24 and we see what Jesus said about, you know, the coming end and what would happen, I really feel like we are beginning and we are in the beginnings of the birth pains of the labor, of the, of the coming of Jesus, you know? And I see it, and, and it's so amazing that Jesus compares it to a woman in labor because I don't know how many women are watching when you've been in labor. You feel like, you start feeling that pain and you're like, man, this baby can come any minute. Like, I need to rush myself to the hospital because this baby can come. And then you go to the hospital and you end up waiting 15, 20 hours and then the baby comes, you know, and there's just such this, this feeling of uncertainty of like, when will this baby come? When will the delivery happen? And, and it doesn't happen when we expect it. It suddenly happens. And we know when we get activated in active labor and we start feeling more pain and we know that it's coming. And, and for those who don't understand what labor is, men, you know, um, and you see a woman in labor, you can see the beginnings of her pain and you you may not understand but you know that there's pain that's coming and and at the end you have the joy of, of a child that's in your arms and you are just so excited and the pain doesn't even matter and I think it's interesting that Jesus relates to his coming to a woman in labor and a woman in birthing pains um, because he's inviting us into a time of of suffering and and he's inviting us into a time of partnering with him and in friendship with him, just like he did these these disciples and these friends. Um, But what did he ask for? He said, wake up and pray. And if you've been in labor and you're with your husband, what you really want him to do is to pray for you. You know, I've gone through labor three times and it's been some of the wildest moments of my life. You know, I was, um, I, I had endometriosis and they said that I would never bear children. And I remember the first time Zoe was coming and I had complications at birth and it wasn't something that was easy. It was something that 
um, required for me to focus on Holy Spirit and on Jesus and to be in a moment of prayer. And I remember Brian, you know, um, walking through the room when I had 102 fever and they couldn't understand what was going on. And here came some some uncertainties and some complications. And um, I remember, you know, him walking through the room and just rumbling and praying and and praying for my life and praying for Zoe's life. And once Zoe arrived, both of us forgot about how crazy it was. And we were just so excited to see Zoe. And I really believe that as we enter into this, this hour of uncertainty, that if we know that in the end, it's the greatest reward that we have is his return. We're going to stay awake and we're going to be vigilant in prayer. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I desperately need prayer in my life right now. You know, I feel like I, I, I need prayer to love. And that's why right behind me, there's love. How does love actually happen? It just, it's not an accident. It doesn't, doesn't just happen. You must really be intentional about your life in prayer and about seeking God in secret and in, in the rooms of prayer and encountering this Jesus who's seated on a mercy seat and who is love. And only through your encounters with him will you be able to love. And, and I just want to I, I hit on the sermon on the mount right now. And I, I, I want to go to Matthew 6 you know, where um, he talks about the Lord's Prayer. And this is what he says. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard from their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows that you need before you ask. And I, I just want to stop there because I feel like in our, prayers, in our prayer life, we have to be able to, to really do what the Bible says. The Bible saying, go into your room, shut the door, pray in secret, don't pray out loud so that you could be seen. There's so much reward in the unseen. There's so much reward in the secret. And so as you seek God in the secret, you're going to find him. And, and you gotta, you got to be able to go in without words. You know, I, I've been reading more about Mother Teresa and just seeing her life as this legend, you know. Um, she talks about moments of silence with the Lord and coming in and really being a person that is able to really hear God and meditate and silence your thoughts, silence your emotions. I know that's hard, but silence all of yourself and be able to really go before this throne room and say, what are you saying, God? Like, what do I have to pray? Like, if you want partnership with me, if you want friendship with me, it's not just about everything that I have to say or everything that I want to ask for, but what are you saying? What is the word of the Lord on your life? And that's what I really want to hit on right now. It doesn't matter how chaotic the world is. It doesn't matter what you see and how much even pain we can be going through. 
and suffering. But what will sustain us is the word of the Lord. What will sustain us in a, in a world full of chaos, in a moment of suffering, is the word of God. It's the word of the Lord. It's hearing his voice. Not even the words we have to say to him, but the words that he has to say about us. The words that he says to us is what really matters. And so would we be people that actually really seek the secret prayer room and we can get in there and we could pray and, and silence ourselves and hear his voice? And you can say, how do I do this, Marcella? I, I don't even know how to do this. Like, it's easy. You go in the room, you shut your door. Now maybe you can't go to a worship house. You can't go, you know, to your regular church. And, but you do have your house and you do have a room. And so go in there and shut your door and open your Bible and start reading the word of God. And what does he say about you? Like ask him, sit there for 20 minutes and say, what do you say about me, God? Who do you say that I am? What are the words that you're saying over me? And then take another 20 minutes and speak to him and say, this is who you are, God. This is what I see in the word and this is your nature. This is who you are. You're the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. You're the God of wonder. And after those 20 minutes, if you're not wrecked, because you probably will be wrecked, then come in with the Lord with your requests with things that you're, you're wanting for yourself. You know, I, I feel like in this time of quarantine, all that's going on, guys, it's really mercy on our lives, on America, because the gospel is not westernized. The gospel's not American. It's not about an American dream. The gospel is about this man named Jesus, and the gospel is about following him onto the ends of the earth. The gospel is how do we partner with Jesus right now as he's praying to the Father about his inheritance. And his inheritance are the nations. And when will the nations turn to him? And how will we partner with him in what he wants? So would we actually grow selfless? Would we actually embrace the cross and embrace the dying in the place of prayer? And that's what I really want to encourage you in right now. I know it's a time of uncertainty. I know there's so much going on in the world. But would you go in your room? Would you shut the door? And would you hear God's voice over your life? And would you be ones that walk by the word of the Lord? Because when you walk by what God has said, no one is going to move you. No man, no demon, no chaos, no world can change what God has said to you. And what God says in his living word. So would we be people of the word? And I just, I just really want to end with that. I don't, I don't have a lot to say. But I just want to say if we could be people. Just like Jesus is saying right now. That we would pray. That we would stand. And that we would receive the greatest reward which is Jesus. And would we receive that so that we would stay in the place of prayer. And in all things, I love what Mother Teresa is saying. She's saying, my secret is very simple. I pray. How did this woman go into the, you know, Calcutta, India, and go into saving those who were in ditches and rescuing people? You know, there's a story that she talks about 
about a man that was full of worms. And she's walking through India and sees this man in a ditch. And this man is, is, is full of worms and he's been like that. And she takes him and she goes with him and she, she says it takes three hours to clean him. And he says, all my life I've been treated like an animal. But in this moment of your love, I have felt heaven and I have felt angels around me. And in this moment, this man dies. And, he, and, and she says that the greatest reward that she could see was his salvation. And she talks about another woman who was in a fever and who was sick. And she was also on the street. And she went to her and picked her up. And the woman was saying, it's my son's fault. You know, it's my son's fault. That's why I'm here. It's because I'm sick and I'm dying. And, and in that moment, Mother Teresa just starts speaking to her about forgiveness and about being able to forgive her son, not focusing on her illness, not focusing on whether or not she had hours to live. What her concern was, was her heart. And then she says that in that moment, that woman started to forgive her son and she started to bless him. And her success was not seeing this woman stay alive. Her miracle was that through her kindness and through who she was, she saw a woman forgive. And she saw a woman accept Jesus. I just want to say to you, like, what are we going to do when we start seeing people that are, that are sick? What are we going to do when, when, when the gospel starts to really challenge us and make us uncomfortable? Will we believe? And in order for us to believe, we have to be in a place of prayer. We have to be in the secret. We need wisdom. We need revelation. So if you're saying right now, man, I haven't been faithful to that. And I want to be faithful to that. Will you, where you are, would you, there in your home, would you stand? Or would you put your hand on your heart? And would you say, man, I'm going to be faithful to my secret life in prayer. I'm going to be faithful. You know, I love that Jeremy Riddle said this to Brian on one of his lives. He said, when we see Jesus, Jesus isn't going to say, my good and sensational servant in whom I am well pleased. He's going to say, my good and faithful servant in whom I am pleased in. Are you going to be faithful to that place that nobody sees, that you don't get applauded for, but that you're building relationship with this God of wonder, that you're partnering with Jesus as he's before the Father interceding. Will you be faithful to that place of prayer? And only when you are, will you be sustained in love? So would we pray? And would we say, man, God, we are sorry. God, forgive us, Lord. If in many ways we have been so caught up in the chaos and we've been so caught up in, in, in media and what others are saying and, and we've not been faithful to the place of prayer. Father, would we be drawn into our rooms? Would we shut our doors? Would we silence our thoughts? Would we silence our emotions? Would we go before you, Jesus, and would we hear your words? What do you say of us? What do you say, God? We want to know. We want to know the words that are coming out of your mouth. Would you speak to us, Lord? And I just pray right now over every person watching that God would begin to release dreams over you. That God would begin to release vision 
that when you come and you encounter this God, would you hear His voice so clearly? And there's mercy available to you. Father, would you cover us in mercy? Right now, I just see, I just see a person in a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. And I just see the Lord coming where you are and He's saying, there's mercy. There's mercy. He's freeing you from the shame. He's freeing you from the guilt. You have not failed. And He's saying, wake up. Wake up and pray. It's an hour to be in prayer. And so, Father, I just pray that people would be encouraged this morning. That, Father, even as we end, that people would draw themselves to a place of prayer where they can meet you face to face. And in all gestures, God, that in all our lives and everything that we would do, God, that we would be in prayer. God, that we would be led by you. Holy Spirit, that only through you can we love. So I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, consume us, that we would love, that we would love those that are in need, God. That we would see souls be saved in this hour. Father, free us, that we would be freed from the American dream, that we would be freed from being westernized in our doctrine. God, that we would open up our Bibles, that we would read the truth and that we would follow the truth and we would embrace the truth, God. I just ask for a release of love for the truth. God, would we love the truth? Would we not be offended by who you are? Jesus, I pray to rid us from offense. God, give us an unoffendable heart that we would love the way you love which is offensive, God. Give us your heart, Jesus. Give us your heart, Lord.